0: Morning everyone, uh, welcome to the Pushing Rubber podcast, number 95, ooh, closing in on a century, Adam Piggott, uh, yeah, it's Saturday morning, which is not my normal time for a podcast, um, I wasn't going to bang one out this week, because uh, I sat down on, uh, on Wednesday, uh, afternoon after work, or evening actually, because I got home very late from work, it was a big day on Wednesday, um... And I started to, I literally pressed record, spoke for three seconds, pressed stop, and went and got a beer. And that was that. (laughs) Um, And why? Because, uh, you know, I'm dealing a lot of shit this week. Last week was good. Last weekend was good. This week, not so good. And Thursday, Thursday has probably been the low point for me, I took, I actually, just called in at work on Thursday morning and spoke to my ops manager and said, no, nah, man, I'm not coming in today. This is no way. I'll just work from home. There's lots I have to do. Uh, and that was, uh, that was a good decision. That was a good decision because Thursday was not a good day. And, you know, it's understandable, right? Dealing with grief, it's what it is. what it is someone wrote to me and said uh, you're dealing with grief it has its stages which cannot be bypassed unless you're psychotic yeah yeah that's uh, that's definitely true that's as true as it gets so uh, Thursday was a bad day Thursday was a bad day Um, I realized that because someone asked me what someone sent me an email and they said, what are your plans? And I said, uh, plans, yeah, yeah, plans. Uh, I don't know. No idea. Uh, I don't know anything really. You think you know stuff and then you discover actually you know less than zero. Um, which is a cool thing. It's a good thing to realise that you don't know anything at all. That's a That's a good place to be. That's a really good place to be. When you think you know stuff, that's when it nails you to the wall. And I thought I knew new stuff. (laughs) And I got nailed. Oh, I got nailed to the wall. Big time. It's a pity that we have to come to these realisations through periods of great trauma. But it's when you're comfortable that the gods turn around and go, "Oh, Oh, look at him. He's getting a bit too comfortable, isn't he? Mmm. Better fuck it up for him. He needs some learning to do. Bang. Now, when I see homeless guys on the street, like real homeless guys, not these young fucking pathetic pieces of shit who just... uh just, in, in Australia, man, you, you walk around in a city Melbourne and it's just fucking homeless, homeless, homeless everywhere. Kids living on the street, 20-year-old sort of stuff. And they're all just playing a game, man. They're playing a game. It's all look at me. It's all look at me. And they can do it. The welfare. They're not going hungry. They might get a bit cold occasionally. and But it's something that they can say, oh, man, I was homeless. Oh, I was homeless, man. Oh, you reckon you had a bad. Well, I was homeless. Yeah, fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off, really, 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 really fuck off back to suburbia, for Christ's sake. You're not homeless, no way. The homeless guys, they're the guys in late middle age with the big beards, their hands are shaken, their eyes are bloodshot, and you know you've, they've been on the streets forever and they will be on the streets forever until the day they die. They're they're the fuck-ups. They always seem to have such excellent hair. I've always said that if if you're going bald, probably the best cure for baldness is to be genuinely homeless. Because I've never seen a bald homeless dude, man. They always have the most amazing heads of hair. It's unbelievable. It's like a... There must be like a crew somewhere of the serious homeless and they do interviews and someone turns up is bald or gone bald and they go, sorry, no, no, nah. <laughs> look, you don't, <laughs> you don't tick the box, you don't tick the box, you don't tick the box, you're not bald, sorry, you're bald, uh, and uh, yeah, sorry about that, and yeah, you can't be homeless, it's a rule, somewhere there's a rule, homeless guys and crazy guys, general homeless guys and crazy guys, they're never bald, ever, ever, they got hair like Jesus, for God's sake. What do they look like? they got hair and, and uh, facial hair like your traditional shot of Jesus when he's like 30, 30, 32 and just about to be done up. I don't know. But you look at those guys and those guys, the genuine homeless, they're the ones that the gods pointed to and went, time for you to learn some stuff and they couldn't do it. They didn't make it. They broke them. They broke them. And that's, what, uh, and that's why you can't cure true homelessness. Because they're broken. Uh, they looked into the abyss, the abyss looked back at them and they fell. That's what That's what true homelessness is. Yeah. Don't give me the drug addict shit, by the way. You might be thinking, oh, what about the young people who are drug addicts? You know, they're really homeless. Fuck off. Fuck off. Not interested. I do Playing a game. Isn't that right, Kat? I don't know. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, coming to realize that you know nothing. That's good. That's good. And someone sent me a quote. Uh, the quote is from someone I don't even know who the person is. Even more terrible as we grow older to learn that no person, no matter how beloved, can ever truly understand us. And the mate who sent me that added. And of course, the reverse the reverse applies that we can never truly understand the other, and that's uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so tough week Wednesday Thursday. The week kind of built up to Wednesday Thursday. That's what it built up to. And Thursday was not a good day, and it was good that I stayed home. And those those days are going to happen, and there's nothing there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing that you can do about it, and that's that's the really important thing during those periods. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. If if video games were invented for anything, it's those times. That's when you play video games. That's when you play video games, man. And and serious. I'm playing. I'm back to playing Crusader Kings Two. Haven't played it for years. Great game. Haven't played it for years. I'm back to playing Crusader Kings Two in Ireland. I'm once again. Ireland's the best place to start Crusader a game in Crusader Kings Two. If you ever bought Crusader Kings Two and you're like, "This is just too fucking hard," well, you probably tried to start off as the Holy Roman Emperor. Ah. Ireland, Ireland, one of the little counties in Ireland. I like I can't pronounce it. That's a good one. That's a good one to start Crusader Kings Two from because you've got a claim on the county just next to you. You know, you can just and that holds through all of your your lineage. So uh, just build yourself up. He'll be building himself up. Build yourself up and then have a shot at him. And then pick him off bit by bit. And go for the whole kingdom of Ireland. Unite Ireland by the 12th century. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I've been doing that. And that's, that's what video games are designed for. These times. These times when you just need to do nothing. Because that's really important. To stay calm when you're in the storm. Stay calm when you're in the tempest. Really, really important. And you've got to to turn your mind off because it's the mind that that fucks you. The mind that fucks you. Stay home. Do not go out. If you go out, you go to the wilderness. You don't go around people, man. Just stay away from people. Very, very important to understand that, which is why I took the day off work and that was a good decision. And what's good as gold is uh, uh, the company that I work for. They're just... At this, at this point in time, I couldn't have been luckier. So that's uh, really important. And speaking of which, last night we went out with uh, the gang. Uh, they organised a bit of a night on the town in Amsterdam, right in the middle of Amsterdam. We went up, dressed up after work, cruised in there. And uh, um, yeah, it was like a beer, the brew their own beer thing, and his peanuts on the floor and the roast chickens and stuff. And it was about... I don't know, twenty five of us there, and there was no speeches or anything. It was just go there and get pissed. Um, and each each table, it was like five tables that we had there, and each table had its own beer keg tap, a tap, and you could with choice of two or three beers coming straight from their lines. Um, so, and it, they just charge us based on liters. Fucking hell. Um, so I haven't been out on the piss. For a very long time it's not something that i do a lot and the reason that i tend not to go out on the piss is because the problem when i go out drinking and i'm talking drinking seriously is that things tend to happen around me things tend to happen when i go out and get pissed uh, and that can be good and if anyone's read my books they know what i'm talking about And that can be bad, and if anyone's read my books, they know what I'm talking about. The standard back in the day when I was going out a lot, the standard for me to wake up was as soon as my open my eyes was to try and work out what I'd done that was bad the night before. It was like, all right, the feeling of, uh, oh fuck. Not shame, just, oh fuck. And uh, yeah, I woke up this morning and I had that again. Yeah, things tend to happen when I go out. Um, it actually wasn't that. No, it wasn't that. Nothing at all. But we—it was about midnight by this point, and we'd been out since five in the afternoon. And I'd been alternating uh, beers with uh, whiskey. That's not a good mix. No, it's an excellent mix, which is why it's not good. And uh, yeah, they are uh, one of the colleagues who knows Amsterdam well. Was like, we're going to go to this bar. We're going to do this. And we go there, and there's this, this, this. Dorman standing on the door by himself. And he, he must have been 24 going on 16 and he wasn't tough or anything like that. He just had the attitude that was like, it, the sort of bouncer doesn't even acknowledge you exist. And you stand out there and just look at him and he doesn't say anything. He just, he just looks through you. It's like, but do we go in? now? And you got to remember that I used to run bars. I used to work in bars. I used to own bars like this. So I know exactly what's going on. I know exactly what's going on. And my golden rule with going out to bars is I don't line up and I don't wait outside like a sheep. I'm either in or I'm going to the next. I'm not fucking interested. I'm just not going to waste my time because I know that as soon as you line up, if you're a guy, eh, doesn't work. And uh, and of course, there was about by well, this stage there was probably ten or fifteen of us. It's too large a group to get get into a bar like this at this time of night without any problems. We did have a, we did have a, enough girls with us though. That was key. You have to have enough girls with you because if you're all guys, they just it's just, you can stand out there till four in the morning. They're not going to let you in. You'll see people walking past you just straight in. and The guys like yep yeah, yep, yeah, and they will just keep looking through you. And if one of your guys attempts to go through, it'll just be you'll just be stopped with no with no explanation and that's how it works. That's how it works. I know. I used to run these places. I used to run these places. I used to own these places. This uh, which is why I never, ever, ever participate on the other side of the equation like this. It's just not going to happen. So we stand out there and we're standing out there for five minutes and they're just letting in the guys, just people are walking past us and our group's not walking. And I turn to my colleague and I'm like, dude, let's just, let's just go back to the other, this is not, not doing this man i'm not doing this i'm not doing it no way it's like oh man well you know you're walking you'll spend 10 or 15 minutes walking you know to find a bar we can spend 10 or 15 minutes out here instead waiting here in the soft rain no 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 you don't understand That i don't do this i just don't do this so at this point i decided just to go all in uh with no cards uh and with the expectation that the majority of every single player at the table would probably call me. Um, hey, why not? Why not? Why not? And hey, I've been drinking. And hey, I've been drinking. And hey, I haven't been out for a while drinking. And hey, I haven't been out since since the ex-wife walked out on me. So uh, I just said to the guy, I just called across tonight. I said, just let us in, mate. Just let us in. He just looks at me, and I was just and then I, I oh, stop being a cunt. Just stop being a. Just stop being a total cunt. And let us in. And then he, he goes, oh, you think you're tough? I went, no, I don't think I'm tough, mate. You think you're tough. You think you're tough and you're fucking not. Just let us... In. By this stage, of course, I'm never, ever, ever getting in. And then he turns to my group and he goes, is he with you? This is the point. If you're with the group is to say, in Dutch, we've never seen this man before. <laughs> To their discredit, they didn't say that. They said that they knew me. I was like, oh, that was dumb. So at that point, there was only one thing to do, and that was to walk away. So I did. I walked away into the night. I had no idea where I was in Amsterdam. I'd never been in this part of Amsterdam. It was somewhere in the the red light district. I had no idea where I was going. And Amsterdam is confusing at the best of times. So I walked, and then I, I started randomly turning corners. Randomly turning corners. Now, my car was back... At work, uh, and my house is about a 40 minute drive from Amsterdam. Let's just say I got home. Let's just say I got home. I got home. I got home. I woke up this morning to a bunch of text messages. Are you still alive? How the fuck did you get home? What the hell happened to you? Turns out they got in. Good, they got in. Fine, fine. Look, I'm happy you got in, but I just don't debase myself like that. I'm just not prepared to do it, especially for some 22-year-old fucking cherub-faced upstart who thinks he shits gold. Just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it at the best times. I'm not going to do it when I'm sober. I'm definitely not going to do it when I've had that much to drink, and I'm definitely not going to do it when I've had that much to drink, and it's three weeks after the wife walked out of me. It's just not happening. It's just not happening. So, that was my night. And I woke up this morning and let's just say, oh, I have a headache. Let's just say the first coffee did not help me. Um, so I went out, I had a shower, I went out, this then. And there's, the market's right outside my door so I went and got some eggs. And then there's a little, there's a guy that has like a meat stall and I never, never stopped at his meat stall because I have my butcher that I go to but I thought, I need bacon. So I went to him and I'm like, hey man, have you got some bacon? And he's like, oh, I've got spec, some really good spec. And he showed me the spec and I'm like, slice me up some of that shit right now. And then I ended up buying a whole bunch of stuff from him. I'm like, where'd you get your stuff from, man? And this looks and he goes, oh, local farmer. I'm like, oh, why haven't I come to you before? So give me that, give me that, give me that, give me that. Bought a whole bunch of stuff, 15 euros. I thought he said 50. And I was like, oh, 50, that's a little bit expensive, but yeah, Okay. And then I got to pay, it's 15. It's like, holy fuck, that's good value. So um, came home, whipped up, amazing bacon and eggs. And I haven't done that for ages. And I got I bought in Barcelona years ago. I took a trip to Barcelona. This was maybe 2003, 2004 with my Italian girlfriend at the time. Long-term relationship. And uh, I bought, because it's a really, if look, if you're looking for kitchen utensils, there are so many kitchen utensils out there, but most of them are useless, okay? Most of them are useless. But one of the most valuable kitchen utensils you can have by far are egg rings, all right? Now, when you go to a, a, like a a diner or something and the, the eggs come out, you order fried eggs over easy or something, and they come out perfectly round and they're quite thick. They're like an inch thick or something like that. That's that. They've used egg rings, and they're just stainless steel rings and some of them have like a bit coming up so you can you can hold on to them. you can pull them off the egg which that's very important actually so you got a ring and then a bit coming up the top of it at a 45 or 90 degree angle uh, all made out of uh stainless steel or something like that and what you do is you just get some butter and you rub it run it around the inside of the ring so the egg doesn't stick to it and you put the egg in and you just let it sit there and after about a few minutes or so, you just run a knife around the inside, lift the ring off the egg and let the egg keep cooking until it's the consistency that you want. Man, I haven't made bacon and eggs in ages. Bacon and eggs, another coffee. I'll a little mocker. Woo! Okay, and I was like, man, podcast time, podcast time. I've literally just finished scoffing it and the, the coffee's just gone. There we go. So you get getting a podcast. you get getting a podcast. Um, and... Uh, what did I want to talk about today? Um, I started reading an article, um, a car review by Jer- Jeremy Clarkson of Top Gear fame. Uh, his, uh, his car reviews get uh, syndicated to the Weekend Australian newspaper magazine. And he's got a review of an electric car, the Hyundai, Hyundai Kona. What does that mean? That must mean something. Kona Portuguese Portuguese to English. What does it mean? Um, uh, because Clarkson said straight away that the name choice is unfortunate. Um, Kona in Portugal is slang for female genitalia. Oh, it's the cunt word. (laughs) Oh my God. It's a Hyundai cunt. Oh my God. What an excellent name. Okay. That's pretty funny. Um, All right, so this is Clarkson's review. And I started, I got one paragraph, a couple paragraphs in, and I thought this could be, this will be a good uh, thing for a podcast. So let's go. The electric car is coming, be in no doubt about that. We've had Teslas for the past 10 years. uh, And the next two, every mainstream manufacturer will jump on the bandwagon. I read an interesting uh, article by Tim Newman over at Desert Sun, and he's uh, in Switzerland. Uh, doing a master's in human resources, I think he's lost his mind personally, but whatever. Fucking um, um, And uh, and um, anyway, he said they had a uh, a CEO of a major European car manufacturer. I think that's what it was. Come out to talk to them, their class recently, and he and he said it was very, very, very two things that came across, which I thought were interesting. One, the guy was really proud. Of what he did, we make cars, and the car is the biggest, the biggest enabler of freedom to the individual human uh, in history of the world. And I'm proud of that. And I think I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was brilliant. Be proud of that you produce cars. Be proud that you still make stuff. You know, since we're supposed to be the digital economy now, what a lot of bullshit. Um, be proud that you still make up make stuff. I thought that was brilliant. The second thing that uh, Tim said that he said uh, was that. Uh, They're making electric cars, but they know they're bullshit. They absolutely know they're bullshit. Oh, yeah, we're making electrical cars, but this is a joke. We're doing it because we have to to keep the EU bloody bureaucrats happy. And, you know, for our idiot, for the percentage of customers that are totally fucking brain dead, we need to produce these cars. You know will they make us any money uh, we just need to produce them but he said he basically said that true electric cars as so just just light years away because the electric car doesn't work because it's not a combustible engine see the thing the beauty about the combustible engine whether it's 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 benzene or diesel is that it converts fuel into energy and then it uses that energy to power the vehicle. It does two things. That's brilliant. And modern modern engines are so efficient. I mean, they're light years ahead of, 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 of stuff that was made even 15 or 20 years ago. Um, an electric engine powers the car. It doesn't convert fuel to energy. And they always do this direct comparison between the two. All right, so we're just going to compare how many, you know, blah, blah, miles per gallon. They don't, they don't take the fuel conversion energy part into account, which is highly disingenuous and, 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 and basically it's totally, total deception. When you take the conversion of fuel into energy, so we're not going to talk about your electric engine powering your car, but we're going to talk about how the electricity had to be produced in the first place. And then how did that electricity have to get to the power station that you're talking about? I think it's something like 10% of energy that travels along, electricity that travels along your standard electricity grid. You lose about 10% of the power or 15% of the power or something like that. It's just lost it. I don't know, evaporates, you know, I don't know, what happened. Um, And when you take into account that, your benzene diesel engines are so far in front of electric cars. It's daylight, mate. It's fucking daylight. Yeah. And by the way, it's not spinny windmills that makes your electricity or sun shining on a solar grid. It's fucking coal. <laughs> so they highly, highly, highly inefficient. Horribly inefficient. Anyway, uh, let's go back to his review. I recently borrowed an electric Hyundai Kona. <laughs> Which the company will not be selling in Portugal anytime soon, no shit. Uh, If you're thinking of going with pure electric, is this the sort of thing you should be looking at? Well, let's get to the problem straight away. There simply aren't enough public charging points. And if more people start buying electric cars, things will get worse long before they get better. I didn't get past that point, because he's exactly right. Now, you often get the argument from dipshits that all the government has to do is put in lots of power charging points, and that you know this will happen and these people fundamentally misunderstand how how crucial infrastructure like this is put in place crucial infrastructure is not like this is not put in place by governments because governments are extremely inefficient with people's money taxpayers money just look at the national broadband network debacle that's played out in Australia over the last 10 years, with billions upon billions upon billions upon billions of taxpayer money being spent on a brand new broadband network across the entirety of, of Australia that was outdated before it went live, and it hasn't even mostly gone live yet. That's what happens when governments put infrastructure like this in place. The argument that you get from people about the electric charging stations, well, it's just not fair, you know. If we had electric charging stations everywhere, like we have places to fill up your car, you know, I mean, that, then we can start, well, okay. okay. How did all of the gas stations get in place? Did governments put them in? Did government put in your Shell and your Esso and your Caltex and your whatever? Amphole service stations, the BP, all over the place? No, they did not. Private enterprise put them all in, all around the world. Spent all that money. Why? Because it was worth their while economically. It was an excellent investment. And if it's an excellent investment, then overnight, boom, you'll get all your gas stations turning up. Look at the railways, let's just take the UK, just the UK, okay? All the railways went in in the 19th century, who put them in? Governments, you must be joking. No government built a railway in the 19th century, no government. It was, ding, 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 private investors, private companies. Why? Because it made financial sense. Most of the time, by the way, uh, some of them went broke. Some of them went broke, putting them in their, uh, their. Uh, you know, they had to be bought out, you know, by other by other people who didn't go broke. And that's what capitalism's all about. Uh, eventually, the governments privatized the rail networks in the national interest. What about ref- oil refineries? Do governments build those. Nope. Private companies do. Private companies build it. Governments. Then take them in the national interest, They privatise them, but they they don't build them. No, 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 no. So why aren't why aren't private companies rushing to build charging stations everywhere? There's only one private company that does that, and that's Tesla. Nothing Tesla has done has made financial sense. Tesla has never made money. They operate on handouts from governments, on subsidies and all sorts of other things. Governments get warm and... Politicians get warm and fuzzy feelings when they give taxpayers money, hard-earned money, to Tesla. And the same politicians can run around boasting about how fucking wonderful they are. But it's not economically... Feasible. If it was economically feasible, you'd see charging stations everywhere. The fact that we don't see charging stations everywhere should tell you something. Believe me, if there's money to be made, private companies will do it. Now you're about to say, "Well, Adam, obviously windmills and solar then are absolutely brilliant because look at all those going up everywhere." Mm-hmm. You find me. You find me. One wind. One windmill farm. On this planet that has gone up without direct government subsidies, and I'll be impressed. It does. It doesn't exist. If it did exist, they'd be holding it up as an example. The thing that greenies never talk about is government subsidies. None of this stuff makes financial sense. And they go, "Oh, but it's not not fair. We're up against we're up against oil and gas. It's not fair." A, the world's not fair. You fucking snowflake. And B, that's the entire point. Energy, electricity is the other thing that's lifted us literally out of the dark ages, by the way. Literally out of the fucking dark ages. Australia had some of the cheapest electricity in the world 10 years ago, historically. Australia, Why is Australia known as a lucky country? Why has it always done so well? Why is it punched above its weight? Because of its natural resources. When you've got the cheapest electricity in the world, that's really good for manufacturing. Things like aluminium and stuff like that. Steelworks. Yeah? The cheapest electricity in the world means you have a gigantic fucking advantage. Okay. Ten years later, after we've got both sides of parliament, they've both been in, in power since 2007, both the, the left and the right, uh, Australia has the most expensive electricity in the world. Look it up, because they went renewable crazy. They went renewable crazy. Uh, let's have a look. Let's have a look, because I saw something here this morning on Catalaxy Files. What what what? Which should be a regular stop for you guys. Um, blah 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 blah. Uh, let's have a look. Put put Uh. What's the upside of all the things we're doing to save the planet? Joe Nova reports on the voltage issues caused by uh, solar panels. Uh, White elephant solar panels force-feeding high-voltage, raising costs, breaking things, and shutting themselves down. That looks interesting. Continuing, on the choke points for wind power, the times of minimum wind that set the ceiling for wind power regardless of the install capacity and the average performance. My reference point is a 24-hour cycle up to 7 this morning. Yes, I know it's not 7 now, so I should have done a screenshot. The peak demand for power yesterday was 23 gigawatts at 7 p.m. Just as the sun, this is in Australia, just as the sun went down and wind was providing uh, 1 gigawatt or 4.4% of demand. Wind did better between 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. with 1.6 gigawatts and solar was fairly steady at 1 gigawatt from 9 to 4. The crunch comes when demand is highest and wind is lowest. This is not the testing time of year. That comes in high summer when demand gets up around 28 gigawatt because you need air conditioning in Australia. Like in Europe, high demand is winter. In Australia, high demand is summer. Watch this space in February and see how Victoria and South Australia are traveling at sunset during a heat wave with wind delivering less than 5% of installed capacity, like now. Uh, Posting at 10 a.m., wind has gone as low as I've ever seen it, down towards 0.3 gigawatt and 6% of installed wind capacity. Academic today, but not in summer. And this is the thing, you spend all this money, taxpayer money on this uh, inefficient infrastructure because it's right now it's doing 0.3 gigawatt and then before it was doing 4.4% of gigawatt. So it's it fluctuates. It fluctuates. You, It's not dependable. It's not constant. So your load shedding on your grid system goes to shit. You can't do it without your coal-fired power stations sitting there and gas stations sitting there to back you up. But if you're only using those gas and coal stations uh, when the wind can't produce, then when the coal and the gas um, go on the grid, they have to charge to make their costs for when you didn't need them. So your electricity costs go through the fucking roof. Seriously, anyone can think. We're literally back to worshipping, worshipping the wind god, the gods of weather. We did it, forty, four thousand, five thousand, six thousand, ten thousand, twenty. 5,000, 6,000, 10,000, When we started, when we moved from hunter-gatherers and started farming and our lives now depended on crops not being wiped out by floods and drought and fucking plague and you know, that's when religion started to happen. It was like, oh please weather gods, don't wipe out my crop and we all literally starve to death. We've gone back to that. Oh, please, great Gaia, make the wind blow and make the sun shine so that we can actually turn on the air conditioning. It's un-fucking-believable. And we've destroyed our grid capacity system in Australia doing this. We've destroyed it. So let's get back to Clarkson's quote. There simply aren't enough public charging points. And if more people start buying electric cars, things will get worse long before they get better. Not only are there not enough public charging points... But there's not electricity, there's not enough electricity on the system now to handle our homes and factories and street lights, let alone all the cars. I mean, going electric. I mean, Norway's saying they want all electric cars by 2025, even with all of the oil and gas that Norway has sitting off its shores. Are you fucking kidding me? Can you imagine the blackouts we would have if suddenly 10% of the cars of the road are electric? Our system, grid system can't handle it now. And we've got, in Australia, the most expensive electricity in the fucking world. And you want to add cars to that? Are you insane? Are you insane? I was doing a gas testing course this week and I had a very, very, very switched on Guy in his thirties, who I immediately got along well with, and uh, we were talking about stuff, and that comes, uh, and someone, and and someone said, "Oh, you know, electric cars," and I just, I just, I just went, "Yeah, whatever, don't be an idiot." Um, and then <laughs> there was another trainer in there watching my gas testing because he needs to learn how to present it, how I do it, and he's like, and he's an old firefighter, and he goes, "Oh, electric, electric." Yeah, he goes, Grism, yeah, we need really need electric car uh, fire engines. That'll be really good. And I just turned to them and I said, listen, I, ha- I have a mate, no, I'm not going to say he's a mate, I have an acquaintance who got a Tesla. My acquaintance who got a Tesla, of course, was the type of person to virtue signal the fact that he got a Tesla. Up until the fact when his pregnant wife went into labour and they live an hour and a half out of Melbourne in the countryside and he went to drive to hospital, and his car wasn't charged. Uh-oh. See, the whole point of having a vehicle is that you can use it when you need it. That's the whole point of having a vehicle. If you don't want to have a vehicle where you use it when you need it, well, that's called public transport. If I want to take my wife to the hospital who's delivering a baby, I don't start looking at train timetables. That's not what I do. So you've come home from work, you've driven all the way home, you've come home, you've plugged in your car, and it's going to take you five hours to fucking charge the thing or whatever it takes, and then half an hour later your wife goes into labour. You have a problem. If you have a car that's fucking petrol, benzene, you get her in the car, you drive at a hospital, if on the way you stop, you fill her up, five minutes later, you're on, you're continuing on your journey. That is private transport. Timetables are public transport. If you have an electric car, you have the equivalent of public transport. That's the reality. Because you don't have the convenience of using it anytime you want. Because it doesn't fucking charge quickly enough. Can you imagine? I mean, I used to live in Italy. Summer holidays. Let's just go Ferragosto. The second week in August. The 7th to the 14th of August. That is the absolute time that everyone's in their car. You should see the traffic jams trying to get to the mountains or getting to the sea that's all. everyone either you're going to the mountains or you're going to the beach why do people go to the mountains in summer because it's cool <laughs> and you've got lots of stuff to do up there like lakes and rafting and bicycling and you name it it's very 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 big business mountains in the summer okay so you're heading up there apart from the traffic jams apart from the traffic jams you obviously have to fill up at the fuel station on the way you should see the lines in the fuel stations on summer holidays and that's taking five minutes to fill up your car. Five minutes to fill up your car. In and out, in and out, in and out. Huge lines. Five hours to charge a car? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Do you have any idea what the roads would look like? Do you have any idea? The traffic jam would not be because... will not be because fucking... <laughs> it's fucking too many cars on the road. The traffic jam would be because 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 everyone's trying to fill up their cars just just imagine it just imagine it and i say this to people who are like oh electric cars it's all going to be wonderful no it's not no it's not it may as well be horse and buggy at this point it may as well be horse and buggy if you go to electric cars and tim said tim human said on his article the, the, the ceo from one of them i'm assuming it's a german car manufacturer that was speaking to him i'm assuming cause it was in switzerland uh, oh it might have been a french one um yeah it could have been a french one as well um it might have been an italian one yeah um the car manufacturer is basically saying oh look the technology to get to the point where you can have the equivalent of an electric car like a petrol car which means use it at your own convenience is exactly the same he didn't say it was 50 years off he didn't say it was 60 years off he just said oh, this is not going to happen it's just not going to happen we just the batteries just No way. It just can't do it because they're two different things. The petrol car converts fuel to energy and then uses that energy. The electric car uses that energy. Electric cars are parasitical to the energy grid. As such, they are the perfect means of transportation for SJW NPC virtue signalers everywhere. They are the perfect means of transportation. These people are living in a dream world. It's literally electric dreams. Remember that song? Da, 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 we'll always be together forever in electric dreams, ba, ba, ba. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. And when I say dream, I mean nightmare. Nightmare. Um. Let's go back to Clarkson's. Uh, let's go back to Clarkson's. The Hyundai arrived with no cable allowed it, uh, that allowed it to be plugged into a simple domestic socket. I'm not surprised. I know someone who did that and his home caught fire. Also, the charging time from a domestic circuit is measurable in weeks. Uh, instead, I was given a cable to plug it into one of the charging stations you see in supermarket car parks and service stations. But I didn't think I'd need it. I mean, the Kona has a range, Hyundai says, of up to 480 kilometres, and I was planning a round trip of barely half that. A range of 480 kilometres on a modern car is beyond miserable. Uh, The 2015 uh, Audi A4 that I was driving, uh, that was the wife's car from her company, uh, which she drives now, um, had a range of 1,200 kilometres on a fuel tank of diesel. 1,200 kilometres. The 2012 Mercedes C-Class that I have at the moment has a range of 850 kilometres, and that's, that's that's benzene, so different from, from diesel, not as, you know, different types of fuels. 480 kilometres on a brand new car is beyond fucking pathetic. Anyway. However, the rangeometer, and this is back to Clarkson, the rangeometer in an electric car is a weird speculative thing. So after I'd potted about in London and driven to Oxfordshire, it said there was only 210 kilometres, left. Would there be enough to get back? This is known as range anxiety. It's a thing with our friends electric. I didn't want to take the risk so I went to a posh hotel where six charging points are provided. One was broken. Another was occupied by a Bentley Benta Jaeger. What the fuck? With a personalized registration I won't tell you to save the owner embarrassment. In Portugal he might be called a Kona. (laughs) I like Clarkson. Eventually though I was having some lunch knowing that the batteries were being topped up nicely which of course they weren't. An hour later, only 27 kilometres had been added. So I carried on with lunch until I was too drunk to drive the car anyway. Eventually, I found someone to take me home in it and asked him to pop to the supermarket market where the batteries could be fully charged up. He plugged it into the port, which said he must download an app that would let him pay for the electricity. But the app wasn't ign- wouldn't acknowledge the existence of the charging point, And neither would anyone on the number provided. So we had to waste all the power that we got from the hotel looking for an alternative. This is fucking third world. The upshot of all this is if you buy an electric car at the moment, it will be very expensive and you won't be able to go anywhere in it with any certainty. This is public transportation, people. One day, if charging points are as reliable and as common as petrol pumps and top-up times are drastically shorter, you can make the plunge. But now, no, you'd be mad. It's not going to happen... Because if it was going to happen, if private industry looked at it and went, oh, we can make money from this, it would already have happened, people. The fact that it hasn't happened means it ain't ever going to happen. Everyone that you see driving around the car, the roads, an electric car, as soon as the subsidies stop, as soon as this global warming hoax finally blows over, runs out of breath and governments around the world shake their heads and wake up from a collective dream and we get politicians in place who actually care to use taxpayer money carefully and with due diligence and with respect to where it's come from they'll look at the subsidies and go what the hell was anyone thinking here? They'll turn off the tap and overnight, everyone who bought an electric car will have something that's worth zero. Maybe you'll get the steel from it, though I doubt it. Zero. These things will, are literally white elephants on the road as we look at them right now. If you go and buy an electric vehicle, you are mad um anyway he also goes on about the uh the kona apparently it's a good little car uh it's got 395 nms of torque i don't know what that is um uh, it's fast uh one minute you're doing 60 and next you're doing 600. Uh, it's good looking fact he liked it very much um but like, or as he finishes, this then is a car that can run. But when it comes to infrastructure, we haven't learned to work walk, walk yet. Yes, we have. We have infrastructure that learns to run. That's petrol. Uh, so like all electric cars at the moment, it's completely and utterly useless. He gave it four out of five, but he should give it one. Um, um, let's have a look at the comments. We'll go most light first. Because you always... Uh, The arithmetic, first most liked comment. The arithmetic is simple. Your rooftop solar produces five kilowatts when the sun is out. Your car consumes 100 kilowatts when the motor is working. That is 20 hours of solar for every hour the motor is working. Even if you have a garage with a power point, you will need 100 kilowatt to charge a battery in one hour. That is 100,000 divided by 240 volts equals 416 amps. My biggest view is is 20 amps. That is why Jeremy says it will burn your house down. Imagine one million electric cars all trying to charge at 100 kilowatts can't be done someone responded to him don't have to imagine this nightmare is our future and since our coal-powered infrastructure is being vandalized by the economic collars of this world we are bound to have electric- electricity prices tripling even with enormous because that's the other thing electricity is so it's so expensive now and it's only going to get worse and worse and worse and you want to buy an electric car are you fucking kidding me For every standard home charger, it's the equivalent of adding an extra house to the network. For rapid high charge capacity batteries, every new car is adding three houses to the network. Holy fuck. Uh, So, look. There you go. Electric dreams. Electric dreams, people. Electric dreams. None of it makes sense. If any of it. If any of it remotely made sense, you wouldn't need government subsidies and private industry and private enterprise would be all over this like a fucking rash. All over it like a rash. Let's not forget the costs, the environmental aesthetic beauty costs of wind farms stretching for miles off the coasts. And the other thing I haven't spoken about, what happens when the subsidies stop? Okay, when the government stops doing the subsidies for electric cars, no one buys them. Okay, look at Tesla in Hong Kong. No one buys them. Fell off a cliff. I think they sold three the month after they stopped the subsidies. Right? And those people were obviously wandered in drunk and didn't and they thought they were buying a Mars bar. What happens when the subsidies stop on wind farms? Well, that's happened around the world in a few places. They turn into wind farm graveyards. Do the companies who um, were so eager to install them and spend all that money installing wind farms, do they go in and, and do the do us the good service of pulling them down when they turn out to be white elephants? No. Course, not they declare bankruptcy, walk away, and you have wind farm and solar power graveyards. Look them up, look them up, do a Google image search. Is Google being honest here? Let's have a look, let's have a look, let's have a look, let's have a look. Uh, Google wind farm, uh. Twenty eleven, wind farms are abandoned all across. Uh, yeah, here we go. Holy shit, guys! Do an image search. Do an image search for wind farm graveyard. Yeah. Um. Oh my god. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, That's the real... Inv- and th- these things are put up for environmental reasons and, and the actual environmental cost is massive. It's absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, Shout-outs. Captain Capitalism, Aaron Clary. Uh, <laughs> Aaron and I did a live stream uh, earlier this week on, when did we do it? Was it uh, Monday? Um, I can't remember, because he took it down. Uh, November 5th. Uh, I think so, it was Monday, yeah. Um, and it lasted one day, and it's probably when, well, it's one of the best, uh, um, so much good shit came out of that. So much good stuff about, you know, what I'm going through at the moment. So much good. Anyone who listened to it, you were very lucky, because Cappy took it down. And the reason that Cappy took it down was he was a little bit let's just say under the weather at the time he kept telling me he was tired but he wasn't tired <laughs> um, uh, and he, he said he, he just said sorry he, he just said it's coming down because it's not up to my normal standards I understand that I understand that uh, I think it's a pity I do think it's a pity because a lot of good stuff came out of it but he said we're gonna do it again and um, and the next live stream that I do with him I'll, I'll we'll, we'll have a warning in advance so any of my listeners who listen to my stuff can get on the live stream as well and, you know, type in the comments and we'll ignore you. So, um, anyway, check out Aaron's, uh, Aaron's blog, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. He's wonderful books. He's wonderful videos. Uh, He's a wonderful guy. Uh, Big support to me at all times, but uh, even more at the moment. Um, check out my books, Pushing Rubber Downhill, A Journey to White... My Journey to Manhood via Whitewater Adventures. Um... Might have some news. Might have some news concerning the book soon. Might have some news. Um, and Run Guts, Pull Cones, a rafting invention in the Italian Alps. Um, buy those um, wherever you want. They're all over the place. So do me a solid. Right now, Do me do, doing... People have said to me, Adam, how can we do you a solid right now in this time? Because you don't have a donate button or any of that stuff. How can you do me a solid? Buy my books. Already bought my books? Buy them from... Buy it do you, do you have any any guys in your life that would benefit from reading my books because they're designed especially for the, for the guys who how do I become a man sort of stuff and it's it's it, all it is, is 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 lead by example it's not it's not telling you what to do it's just showing you how I did it okay it's showing you there is a way through all this mess that's the whole point how can you help me at the moment buy my books and give them to young men? or well, men in your life as gifts. It might be your brother. It might be your father, I don't know. It might be your your nephews. It might be your younger brothers. It might be your next door neighbor's young kid. All right? If, if all of you did that, if you, all of you got two or three guys in your life and you all bought two or three of my books, man, that would be a huge help to me right now. Huge help. Not just in a financial sense, but just raising the the profile of the book. Because once once it gets to a certain profile point, um, then it's kind of like it builds its own momentum then because it jumps up on other Amazon stuff Um, but at the moment it's a bit buried Uh, the news I've got is I am going to be working in the future with a really cool uh, online marketing company Um, and we're working at the moment to get something sorted out with that but yeah you guys want to help buy my books also want to help follow my blog Follow this podcast, get my follower count up. The blog's up to 329, which is sensational. Uh, the podcast is in the 170s. So, you know, yeah, that also helps raise the profile. It really does. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed the Electric Dreams episode. Um, and um, Friday Hot Chicks, And I'm, I've finished this, and I'm going to go straight to the Friday Hot Chicks and Links. I wasn't able to do it because yesterday was a big day, obviously. Um don't you go change and have a good weekend and I'll see you next week at the normal time. Ciao.